But we're in the book of Matthew chapter 12 and we've been picking apart verses between 25 and 33. And we've been doing, doing this for two weeks as I try to put them in the context of lives within the community. And today will be no different because I have another saying that I like to say. If the Word of God, if the study of the Word of God does not affect your feet and hands, if it doesn't change your heart, then you've read and you've studied in vain. And next week, we're going to take all of these parts that I've been talking about and we're going to put them back together and give us a complete picture of what Yeshua was saying to these Pharisees who had confronted Him for driving out demons. And I want to pick up in verse 30 in one of the more feared and misunderstood verses in the Bible. Chapter 12, verse 30 reads this way. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, Every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. And I want to look at this word blasphemy today. You know, when you say blasphemy, the first thing that comes to the mind of most people is an unforgivable sin against God. And I don't know how many times I've been asked over the years, what is blasphemy? Because people don't know exactly what that sin is. But they fear, but they fear having committed it. Or fear committing it. Problem is, I'm going to tell you that everyone has committed blasphemy. And most people do it regularly and don't even know it. Because as one rabbi we're going to look at a little later says, because of ignorance. So let's see if we can understand blasphemy. Notice that blasphemy will be forgiven because as with any sin, if it's repented for first, it will be forgiven. But one instance it won't be forgiven. And that's against the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Did you know that you can commit blasphemy against people? Against other people? You see, the first thing we need to understand is that this is a complete thought. And I want to show you this complete thought of Yeshua's. Notice that there is an and connecting gathering and scatter and every sin and blasphemy. Somehow Yeshua is relating sin, the sin of blasphemy, with scattering. Now we all know what sin is. Sin is transgression of Torah. John tells us that in 1 John chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. It says, anyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. And no one who continues to sin has ever seen him or known him. I want you to remember that as we go through this. You see, John gives us a definition of sin here and he tells us that those who are in Messiah will not knowingly and intentionally sin. So we understand sin, but what about blasphemy? We know that it's sin. It's a transgression of Torah, but Yeshua singles out this one sin and equates it with gathering and scattering. 
And James tells us if we knowingly continue to blaspheme, Messiah is not in us and we do not know him. And so I would think that we should find out what this sin is. The good news for all of us is, is that blasphemy will be forgiven, provided that it's repented for. Only one form of blasphemy will not be forgiven, and that's against the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this word blasphemy. It comes from the Greek word blasphemia. Slander, detraction, injurious speech to another's good name. And I want you to notice that blasphemy is speech that is slanderous and injurious to another's good name. So if you speak words against God, if you slander God, you've committed blasphemy against God. However, understand also that if you speak injurious words against someone in the community, you commit blasphemy just as surely. You know how that's... It sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound awful familiar, that definition? I pulled down a couple other definitions for some terms, the Hebrew terms. The first one is Lashon Hara, evil tongue. The term for derogatory speech against another person. And then it's sister, Hotza'at Shemra, spreading the bad name. Consists of untrue remarks. It's best translated slander, defamation. Amazing, right? The sin of blasphemy is speaking evil of anyone. And it's directly equated by definition to evil speech. We can take it back right to the Hebrew equivalent in its definition. And so Yeshua is saying that speaking derogatorily about another, or Lashan Hara, Hotza'at Shemra, which is slandering another and ruining someone's good name, is forgivable. But against the Spirit of God, it's not forgivable, neither in this age or in the age to come. Think about it for a moment. If you go into the world to come with sin against you, it leaves you separated from God. Sin leaves you in an unclean state and there is no uncleanness in, the, in God or in His kingdom. And if that sin is not atoned for, if that sin is not forgiven in the world to come, you are eternally separated from God because of that uncleanness. So, this is serious business. Particularly if you do it against God. But understand though, it is serious against anyone else as well. And I want you to keep at the forefront of your mind that Yeshua has related it to scattering and gathering. And the reason is simple. Blasphemy is an attempt on the part of a person to separate one person from another person or group. Through evil speech, we can damage a person's character to the degree that other people don't want anything to do with that person any longer. That's scattering. In this case, Yeshua is telling the Pharisees that they're attempting to draw people away from Yeshua through their accusation that he has driven out demons by Hasatan. And we'll look more at that next week. You know, the rabbis over and over speak against this. I want to read from Hafez Chaim. He said, Our sages say that there are three sins 
which a man is punished in this world and also precluding his receiving a portion in the world to come. They are worshiping false gods, incestuous relationships, and murder. And the prohibition of speaking Lashon Hara, evil speech, is the equivalent to them all. The sages brought forth from Scripture proof to support their opinion, referring to those who had become accustomed to constantly violating this prohibition and who made no attempt to refrain. You see, the rabbis are actually of the same opinion as Yeshua, that unrepentant evil speech, speech that damages another, is not forgivable in this age or in the age to come if it's not repented for. Of course, they're not even addressing evil speech against God. They're just addressing evil speech against fellow man. It's a given it'll separate you from God. They say if you become accustomed to it, constantly violating it. In other words, if you're not repentant, if you're not sorry, if you don't stop once you're aware, if you don't turn from it, you're in trouble in the world to come. If once made aware you stop, that shows that you're repentant. And of course, you'll be forgiven. Amen? That's really simple, right? And I bring this up because the Pharisees knew these things. Scripture forbids evil speech. We can find it everywhere. And yet Yeshua says this to them. And we're going to find out next week when we put this whole puzzle together. But since we're looking at blasphemy, let's go to another occurrence of the word. Lest you doubt what I'm saying. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, which is the word blasphemia in the Greek, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, for as in Messiah God forgave you. Shaul warns us against blasphemy against one another. We don't see it because it's translated here slander. But it's the same Greek word, blasphemia. And now we know what blasphemy is. We can begin to find it everywhere in Scripture. And we can begin to make steps to affect repentance. Notice it says, be kind and forgiving to one another. Why would he say that? Well, I can tell you that the root of blasphemy, as with evil speech, is unforgiveness. If we're quick to forgive, we'd have no reason to speak evil of anyone. Amen? And that's why it says, get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness is unforgiveness. It's the root of nearly all evil speech, and it's so preventable. I can tell you it's why my door is always open to those who feel that I've in some way hurt them. It's why I listen intently. Even when someone comes in venting and speaking, shall we say, not such kind words. Because talking things through leads to love and peace. The problem comes when people don't talk, don't repair perceived grievances. Then those things lay in the heart until they burst forth from the mouth and you have evil speech. Because as Yeshua says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Notice that first Midrash, the rabbis equated evil speech with murder. Yeshua was scattering. Evil speech, the rabbis said, kills three people. They said it kills the one spoken of by damaging his good name. The one speaking because, of course, he's committing the sin. And the one listening because he's being influenced and usually picking up an offense. And it taints his judgment in the matter. It leads to a separation between the parties, a scattering in the community. Yeshua equates it with scattering for this reason. One person in a community can take up an offense and begin to talk and soon others pick up the offense and they speak to others and soon you have a full-scale division on your hands. And we saw this over and over in our Torah readings as we went through the year. Korah spoke against Moses and influenced others. The spies spoke against the land. God's promise and influenced an entire nation. You see, the cause of the Israelites not entering the land was not the giants. It was fear of the giants and it was evil speech, blasphemy against Moses and against God. Throughout the Psalms, the psalmists take up the lament of having evil speech spoken against them. Listen to what Psalm 120 says. I call on the Lord in my distress and he answers me. Save me, O Lord, from lying lips and deceitful tongues. You know, the psalmist is in distress and he's in distress over evil speech being spoken against him and he cries out to the Lord. Why? Well, because there's no other recourse for such things unless lest you fall into the same trap of speaking evil in your own defense. It's such a horrendous violation of Torah, so contagious, that really you have no recourse but to cry out to God or fall into the same sin. Now listen to what he says God will do to the offenders in Psalm 120 verses 2 through 4. What will he do to you And what more besides, O deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrow and with burning coals from the broom tree. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says he'll punish those who slander with the burning coals of the broom tree. Now that doesn't mean much if you don't know anything about the broom tree. But the broom tree burns for days, for weeks. And you don't know it's burning until you get close and you step on it. Because it's burning within and on the outside it looks like it's not burning. So what the psalmist is really saying here is that not only will it cause death as with a sharp arrow from a warrior, but as the rabbis alluded to, the punishment is lasting like the coals of a broom tree. Listen to what this Midrash says. The rabbis saw this as well. Hafez Chaim says this in his book. He says, The broom tree embers, though extinguished on the outside, still burn from within. Similarly, anyone who accepts evil speech concerning another person, though one may assuage it, he still burns within because of what is said. You see, you can't really lose words that easy. If you listen to them or you speak them, they're with you. Well, as you can imagine, evil speech is disastrous to a community of people 
as it leads to strife in the community. It's the reason that Yeshua leaves us such complete instructions for resolving conflict within the community in the book of Matthew. He tells us this. You know, if you have ought against your brother, or if your brother has ought against you, actually, he says, go with him, go to him and speak with him. Amazing, right? Amazing! How profound! Go and talk to your brother because you have ought against him. If we did that, 99% of the problems we have would never get to blasphemy or Lashon Hara. If you want more lessons on the gravity of speaking evil, just read the first few chapters of James. He devotes much of his letter to this topic because it's that important. I just want to read one verse. Verse, chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. James tells us that if you think you're spiritual or you think that you're religious and righteous in your walk and you speak evil, you've deceived yourself. So now that we know the gravity of this blasphemy, this this term blasphemy, let's look at a few ways to avoid it. First, let's go to the Hafez again because he wrote the definitive work on evil speech. One who does whatever possible to guard his tongue and exhorts others to be careful in this regard so as to ensure that the Lord's commands and Torah are not, God forbid, ignored, is deemed worthy. However, because of lack of knowledge of the laws concerning Lashon Hara, and because many are unaware of the means through which they can avoid the urge to speak Lashon Hara, the command of guarding one's tongue is not widely observed. The Hafez tells us that because of ignorance, that the laws concerning evil speech to include blasphemy are not observed. And as we're going to see next week, that's exactly true in the case of the Pharisees who are confronting Yeshua. I don't think they even realized they were committing blasphemy until they had already done it against the Holy Spirit. In this country, because we have a right of free speech, we are often deceived into thinking that this type of behavior is okay. But it's not what God says. If you go to most churches, it's not taught. We in the church don't have a real good understanding of the gravity of the offense. Indeed, as I said, most don't even know what blasphemy is. Or that as they berate another, they're committing it. If we did, we would certainly teach and prohibit this within our communities because while we're taught everyone's opinion is valid, that's not always the case. And as Paul says, Those things which are permissible are not always beneficial. So now we focused on the problem and the penalty. But what about the blessing for avoiding it? I always like to look at the blessing for avoiding it. Listen to what Psalms 15 verse 1 says, 1 through 5. He says, Who may dwell in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may live on your holy hill? David asked this question. He says, who may dwell in your sanctuary and live on your holy hill? In other words, in the short of it is, who has a portion in the world to come? Who's going to be living on your holy hill? Now he answers, those whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, 
who speaks truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong, who casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Those who have no blasphemy on their tongue, no slur. I love the root, the root word here for slur is the Hebrew word karaf. Listen to what it means. It means blasphemy. Imagine that. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I want to be one of those who dwell on God's holy hill. Whether or not I will, or whether or not you will, I don't know. I'm not the judge, and I'm so happy about that. But it would seem to me that if we want to dwell there, this would be a great place to start getting ready for that holy hill. Amen? Keep our tongue from slander, from evil speech. Let's look at another, Psalm 34. Listen to this one. Verse 11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Whoever loves life, and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. His ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the memory of them from the earth, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all their troubles. Wouldn't you just love to have the eyes of the Lord on you His ears attentive to your cry. Well, if you keep your tongue from evil, and instead of speaking evil, cry out to the Lord in your distress, He will. Just as the Bible is full of teachings on evil speech and punishment for and reward for not participating in it, the rabbis taught extensively. I want to read a midrash on Proverbs 18.21. For life and death are in the hands of the tongue. That's what Proverbs says. And the Midrash continues. For everything depends on speech. If one is worthy, there is life. If one is unworthy, there is death. If one used his tongue to speak words of Torah, he will enter life, for the Torah is a tree of life. And the verse states, it is a tree of life to those who take hold of it. And it is a cure for Lashon Hara, as the verse states, Proverbs 15.4, for, for a healing tongue is a tree of life, and one who distorts it will be broken in the wind. And so the rabbis teach the cure for this curse of evil speech, besides settling conflicts quickly, he says, keep your mind meditating on and your mouth speaking words of Torah. And I would add, Messiah Yeshua, the words of Messiah Yeshua. And I would also add, prayer. It's hard to speak evil when you're in prayer. Simple, right? If you're always speaking of God and His Word, and you study His Word, you probably won't speak evil of others, will you? And the concept is simple. Yeshua said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. What is the abundance of your heart? Is it set on the things of God? Then that's what you'll speak of. 
You can always tell what I'm going to speak of a day or two before the message or what I'm going to speak about, especially if it's a new message, because, and I've been doing a lot of study for it, because it's what I've filled myself up with all week. And so it just comes pouring out almost any question you ask me. I'm going to relate it back there some kind of way. Amen? Because it's out of the abundance of your heart that the mouth speaks. So study and meditation on God's Word is one way you can defeat this blight on your life. The other thing that this uh, study will do for you is make you realize how much of God's admonition to us concerns the tongue and speech. Do a word study on tongue, lips, mouth, speech, cursing, blessing. I'll tell you what, if you do, you'll be so busy that you won't have any time to speak evil of anyone. And after you're done, you'll be so totally convicted that you'll probably never do it again. And you'll probably be like the rabbi who said, of all things I have found worthy in this life, there's nothing that compares to silence. There's another way you can avoid Lashon Hara and blasphemy. And this one, you can also make amends for Lashon Hara. The rabbis teach anyway. That's spoken of in the past. It's one of the very few ways that you can do it. First, let me say why it's so hard to make amends for Lashon Hara or for blasphemy, which is, which is worse. Actually, it was a very ra- wise rabbi who told this story. I'm just going to repeat it. I didn't put it up here. It's just going to repeat it from memory. But in a parable, he said, there was a young man who went and discipled under a rabbi. And he loved the rabbi. And one day, he took offense at something the rabbi said. And he went out from the rabbi and he began to speak evil against the rabbi. And he gathered people on his side, as is the case with speaking evil. And many people left the synagogue. And later, the young man became convicted of his offense. And he went back to the rabbi to apologize. And he said, is there anything I can do to make up this injustice? And the rabbi said, yes, there is. I would like you to go home and I would like you to take a feather pillow and I would like you to cut it open then go outside and shake the contents of the pillow in the wind and then return to me. So this young man, eager to, to make amends, ran right home And he took the feather pillow and he cut it open and he shook it into the wind. And then the young man returned. And he said, what else can I do to make amends? And the rabbi, the wise rabbi said, he said, now I want you to go out and take that feather pillow and I want you to go around and gather up all the feathers. And the young man said, well, I can't do that. You had me shake them into the wind. How can I do that? That's an impossible task. And the rabbi said, you are correct. And so it is with your words. They can never be retrieved. Now go, I forgive you. You see, once the damage is done, it can't be undone. You know, I always feel for the rabbi in the story. Because I'm often as a leader of a congregation, in the same position. You see, as a leader, as one sent to do a work, when you read stories like Korah, like Aaron and Miriam, 
confronting Moses, like the spies, like Absalom and David. You kind of read them from a slightly different perspective. You see, when I read them, I, I just no longer see how God was angry with the evil speech. I don't always just see the error of the people. But I can't help but focus on the hurt of Moses and David. And I'm going to share my heart with you a little bit this morning because I can tell you that as a leader of a congregation, these things are particularly hurtful if you're in leadership. Because not only do those things spoken about hurt the work that God sent you to do, because as Yeshua says, they scatter. But the words come back to you as well. You see, the thing that's so troublesome and so hurtful for me about blasphemy and evil speech is that I hear nearly every word that's ever spoken. Because somebody listening is incensed and comes back to me and tells me. And that's why I empathize with the hurt of Moses. Because it was the very people that Moses loved, taught, cared about, cared for, prayed for, interceded for, saved their lives, that hurt him in this way. And because of the pain, you have to fight with all of your might not to be drawn into the same sin because of the hurt. That's the lesson of Moses. When he was overcome with hurt, anger, and frustration at the waters of Meribah and was cut off from the land. You see, there's not much you can do as a leader. But you can do as the psalmist said. You can cry out. That's why one of my favorite psalms reads like this. O God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. For wicked and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues and with words of hatred they surround me. They attack without cause. In return for my friendship they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for friendship. You see, there's nothing you can do except pray. Get into the Word and pray. That's all you can do. Speaking, the rabbis did teach of one way of making amends. And also, to ensure that you won't do it again. And that is to teach others about it. I want to read from the Hoffets again. Listen to what Hoffet says. One who carefully takes it upon himself to exhort others to be more careful shall surely receive great reward and the merit of the community will be considered to be dependent upon him. And so what I want to say this morning is let's be a community who gathers and does not scatter. Let's be a people not only who do not speak blasphemy or Lashon Hara, but a people who when others come to us with words of blasphemy or Lashon Hara, say, please, I don't want to hear that. And here's why. And then be exhorters and teachers as the rabbi in the story taught the young man with a feather pillow. And I want to close with this. Yeshua said, and I'll repeat, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. And, also, and so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. Yeshua tells us that every sin 
and blasphemy, if we're faithful to repent against other men, will be forgiven. And so I thought today, I hardly ever do this, but I thought today that I would like to see those of us who are blasphemers, tale-bearers, evil speakers, and are repentant to stand. That's what I suspected. And I'm standing to you, my note. Let's pray. And let's ask God to rid this blight from our community, from his kingdom. Father, in the name of our mighty Lord Yeshua and Savior, our Lord Yeshua, you're anointed. I ask that you give, forgive us the words that we have spoken about others. Lord, I ask that your spirit will begin to work in our lives and convict us of this sin against you and our fellow man. Convict us, Lord, before the words come out of our mouth. Don't be a still, small voice when it comes to this, but shout loudly at us. Lord, help us to let the words of our mouths be a praise to you, and that only. And Lord, we realize that the words we have spoken, like the feathers of the pillow shaken in the wind, we're unable to gather. But Lord, you are able to gather them. And we pray Lord, that every blasphemy we've committed, every tale we have bore, every careless word we have spoken would fall to the ground and bear no fruit and be null and void. In the name and in the kingdom of our Lord Yeshua, we pray. And everyone said...